premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We are broadcasting live from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas. I want to thank you for being with us today for our Thursday night Bible study. You know, last Thursday... We, uh, we opened up chapter 8, and we were introduced to the seven angels and the first four of the seven trumpet judgments. Tonight, we'll be getting into chapter 9, and we'll pick it up with the fifth angel sounding, and then all hell breaking loose upon the earth. But before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things. First of all, would you visit our website, the SOTSpodcast.com. That's the SOTSpodcast.com. And when you get there, head over to our contact section, open up the web form, and why don't you send us over a message? You can let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over your prayer requests. If you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You could always email me directly by using info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, folks, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know the economy's hard. It's, things are expensive right now. It might be difficult for you to do a uh, monthly recurring contribution. But if you could, you could also do a one-time contribution by clicking on the Waygiver button or by scanning the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, uh, you, get a tre- you get a great blessing out of our live broadcasts, you know, your contribution will go a very long way. And I would appreciate and be so very thankful for it. Now, of course, folks, first and foremost, before we go any further with the show, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for, first of all, for saving me, for uh, rescuing me from the pit of hell, saving me from an eternity burning in a lake of fire. 
So I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me. I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me to have this ministry, for giving me this incredible opportunity to teach his book, to teach the Holy Word of God, the King James Bible. And I am so very thankful that the Lord allows me to do this on a, on a, week, on a weekly basis. It's a tremendous blessing for me, and I hope it's one for you as well. I also want to say thank you, of course, to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers, and thank you so very, very much for them. Uh, I do covet your prayers. We need your prayers. You know, uh, anytime you do anything handling the Word of God, you can be sure that you're going to come under some kind of a spiritual attack. And when I tell you that uh, for almost the last six seven months, we have been under an, an, an immense spiritual attack. And uh, your prayers have helped sustain us. Uh, thank you so very, very much for them. And please continue to pray for, for uh, this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. And of course, please con- continue to pray for me as well. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Thank you so much for your financial support. Uh, because of your support, we're able to uh, uh, get the materials that we send out when folks request it from us. Uh, because of your support, we were able to keep the studio going. We're able to uh, you know, stay on the platforms that require monthly payments. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a blessing for me to, to be able to do that. And thank you so very, very much for it. And I know that the Lord will reward you when you get to glory. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who listen to everything that we put out on a weekly basis. God bless you for that. Because of your plays and your downloads, you have kept us at the number one position on charts on Good Pods. Uh, We've seen our listenership going up on uh, Apple Podcasts. We've seen it going up on uh, Spotify as well and all of the other platforms that we're on. You know, it's really, it's great and it's so important today to... To, to get the gospel message out to the lost and the dying of this world. And, folks, I hope that you're doing that. I hope you're doing it. Time is very, very short. You know, I, I promised myself I wasn't going to go off on a little tangent tonight, so I'm trying to keep it, keep it going. But uh, the truth of the matter is, folks, we are living in the absolute last days. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord's return is imminent, it, uh, it could happen before we finish this, uh, this show today, and that would be perfectly fine for me. He could come right now and end it right now. I'd be fine with that. Um, it's, uh, so it's important, folks. Please get the gospel out. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family, your coworkers, everybody that you come in contact with. That's your mission field. So make the best of your mission field. Make the best of this time, folks. Give the gospel out. You know, you can get gospel tracts. They're, they're not expensive. Actually, you can go to the Fellowship Tract League, and uh, you, could, you could look up their website, and uh, you can get free gospel tracts. I use them quite a bit. They're really good, concise, and, and, and people read them. you got chick tracts. You, you can get those uh, small cartoon booklets. People read them. I remember one of the first tracks I ever got was a track called Holy Joe. 
and it was given to me by my uncle, whose also name is Joe. And uh, I remember I took that to school with me. I showed it to a whole bunch of people at school, and I was just a kid. I had to be no more than 12 years old at that time. So uh, they get read, folks. They get read. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to do. You don't even have to interact with anybody if you don't feel comfortable doing that. You can, you can leave them at the bank by the ATM machines. I do that a lot. Or by the gas pump when you're filling up your car. You can leave them on the, on the table when you're out to dinner with your family or your loved ones. There are myriad ways of giving out the gospel. And if you get yourself some good tracks, you can do that. So check out the Fellowship Track League. Check out Chick Tracks. They're, they're inexpensive. To, they're free to inexpensive. So it's important, folks. Please get the gospel out. Get the gospel out. And, uh, you know, be sure also, you know, by, by uh, sharing this show with your friends, your family, your followers across all of your social media platforms, you know, uh, whatever platform you're listening on, you like, you subscribe, and you share it. You help boost our algorithm. You get the gospel message out. You're helping us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, folks, today is so important to do it. Just open your eyes and look at what's going on in the world around us. Look at how you're, you're, you're seeing the coming together of the world financial system with the, uh, the central bank digital currencies that they're looking to push on us now. Uh, you're looking at the coming together of the world religions. Just look at what's going on with the Abraham Accords and, and the uh, Abrahamic family house over in Saudi Arabia. Take a look at what's going on at the United Nations. You have your, uh, you have your one world government sitting there waiting for the, for the Antichrist to come in and take over. So, folks, today is the day. The rapture of the church is right around the corner. Don't let your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people around you that, that, that you see and talk to every day go to hell. Give them the gospel. Give them the gospel, folks. It's very, very important. All right, how about some announcements? folks well we have a, a, a special announcement to make uh, to, to start this whole thing off with uh, we're gonna we want to wish a very happy anniversary to the sword of the spirit podcast uh, it was one year ago yesterday that we broadcast our first podcast actually we recorded and uploaded our first podcast a year ago as the Soda the Spirit podcast, an episode called Are You Saved? And uh, since that point, I have been so incredibly blessed with the, uh, with the traction that our little podcast here has gotten over a course of a year. It's been absolutely amazing. We are over 7,000 downloads and plays Never thought it would happen. Never thought we would get anywhere near this. And thank you so much to all of you for being part of it. Thank you, of course, to the Lord for uh, opening up this window of opportunity and uh, blessing us as he has. 
with this ministry. And uh, I am so looking forward to what the next year has in store for us here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And uh, again, thank you so much for being part of it. Now, folks, I just want to remind you about our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which is uh, Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we have a great time in our sermons and our Sermon Sunday broadcast. Uh, we uh, the last couple of weeks we've talked about uh, we had a Palm Sunday message, we had our uh, Resurrection Day message. Uh, this past Sunday, we talked about our real self-image. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where the Lord's going to lead us this coming Sunday. So if you want to find out, make sure you tune in live at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can catch the podcast version shortly thereafter on all of your major podcasting platforms. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping, and if you plan on uh, missing the rapture of the church, if you don't plan on getting saved prior to uh, the rapture of the church, and you plan on sticking around uh, through, the, through the tribulation period and trying to endure to the end and, and trying to uh, you know, keep faith, keep your good works, and keep your head, uh, then I would suggest that you check out the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and no issues are off-limits to any of these patriots. You want to break down a current events? We got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? We got it. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Hey, you know what? We got that, too. You want to hear about politics, sports, Bible studies, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find them on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you can also find them by going to www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. All right, folks, also want to uh, introduce you to uh, the Three Pillars podcast. Uh, this is Brother Chase Tobin's podcast. He's a really good guy. He's a great guy. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a real blessing for me to get to know him, uh, and uh, I am really thankful for all of his support of our show. And, uh, you know, we totally recommend you check, his, you check out his podcast, Three Pillars podcast. It focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, uh, which are spiritual, mental, and physical. He has a new episode that, that drops every Friday morning. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Rumble. I suggest you find him on Rumble. Uh, you also find him on all the major podcasting platforms. You can find him on uh, Good Pods, which I love the Good Pods app. You guys know that already, and I recommend Good Pods. If you're looking for good independent podcasts, that's where to go to find them. You can go to Spotify. I mean, we're all on Spotify also, but you can, you can find us there too. But if you really want to find and support your indie podcast like ours, like Brother Chase's, that's where you go. You go to Good Pods. All right? So you can find him there. You can find him on Spotify, all of your major podcasting platforms. Uh, I, I think he has a website. I'm not 100% sure. If he does, I'll put it in the show notes uh, after the show is over today. So please check him out, the Three Pillars Podcast spiritual, mental, and physical. 
All right, folks, don't forget to head over to our website, the SOTSpodcast.com, and sign up for our programming announcements on our website. Uh, all that is is a mailing list that we've, we're putting together uh, so that if there's ever a moment or a time where we can't have a show or if we have a guest or something changes in our schedule, uh, that's really the only way we'd be able to let you know, uh, especially, uh, you know, considering that we only do two shows a week. Uh, there's a lot of time between uh, Sunday and Thursday. So uh, it's a good way for us to keep in touch with you, to let you know of any changes going on, and it's a great way for you to stay in the know. So head over to the website, thesotspodcast.com, and get yourself on the mailing list. And also, folks, while you're on our website, don't forget to check out the Sword Swag. Uh, You can get on our Sword Swag section of our website one of these really great Sword of the Spirit podcast ceramic coffee mugs. And, of course, we have to slurp for you. Mm. And today's beverage of choice is uh, Starbucks iced coffee. Very, very, very good. Um, So uh, you can get one of those mugs for a $25 contribution, or you can get one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts that I'm wearing right now. And you can get one of those for a $35 contribution. Uh, No matter which you want to get, just click the info button there. Send us your name, your address, and then we will send you the link to where you can make your contribution. And then we will get those sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. All right, folks, that'll just about do it for our announcements. Uh, We're going to take our first break of the afternoon here. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Don't forget also, if you are logged in to uh, Spreaker and you have an active Spreaker account, you can jump on into our chat room and say hello. We'd love to see you over there. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Praise the Lord for saving me, for saving you, for the blessing of this podcast and and uh, everything that he's provided for us over the last year. We praise the Lord for all that he's done. And uh, we're coming to the prayer request section of our show. And um, as always, we start off with those prayer requests for the folks that are in need of salvation. And I know that there are more than what we have on this prayer list. I know that for a fact, uh, because the Bible says so. Uh, the Bible says that, um, that uh, narrow is the way, uh, narrow is the way to life and broad is the way to destruction. So that means there's a lot of people on their way to destruction. And that's not what we want. We want folks to get saved. We want folks to come to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want folks to be in glory, not in hell. You hear so many people today you know, talk about hell in such a flippant way. They don't understand because they don't read. God tells us in his book what hell is like. And on today's uh, Bible study, uh, God's going to unleash some hell on earth. And we're going to read about that, and we're going to study that in just a little bit. But you could avoid that. You could avoid that today. You can avoid that right now. Because there is no easier time to get saved 
and not end up in hell as there is today. We are in the church age. This is the age of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, what does that mean? That means that there's nothing that you can do, no good work, no church membership, no baptism, no sacrament, no praying to a saint, no praying to Mary, no praying to a pope, no church. And when I say no church, I don't just mean the Catholic church. I'm talking about the Baptist church. I'm talking about the Presbyterian church. I'm talking about the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church, Church of Christ, Church of God. And I can go on down the entire list of every church and every denomination that there is. Not one single church can save you. The only way you get saved is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Today, that's it. But, like we've been studying, when the church gets raptured out, and the church gets taken out of the way, and then God starts a new dispensation, he starts a new way of dealing with man for their salvation. And that's faith, but it's also works. It's faith plus works. And in order for you to get into the millennial kingdom, which we'll study sometime down the road, to get into heaven, you're going to have to have faith, you're going to have to have works, and you're going to have to endure until the end or be martyred for your faith. And during the tribulation period, you can lose your salvation. Now you can't. You are secure in Jesus Christ. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You are sealed until the day of redemption. But that's not so in the tribulation. That's not so in the end days. So why don't you take care of that now? Don't go through the tribulation. Don't start, you know, don't, you don't need to uh, stock up on tuna fish. You don't need to, uh, uh, you know, uh, buy these prepackaged meals and store up and stock up when you can get saved and you can enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb at the rapture after the judgment seat of Christ. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Now, today we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. That's a special request. We're praying for a woman named Jackie. Uh, Manuel has asked for prayers for his mom for salvation. Uh, Sharon is in need of salvation. And Adam has asked for prayers for his dad's salvation. So, folks, salvation is simply Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is the Word of God. That's God's book for us. And that book says, You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, means you, shalt be saved. That's all there is to it. Believe that the blood that was spilled for you on Calvary's cross was sufficient to pay your debt. Your debt is sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift 
the gift of God is eternal life through the church? No. Through sacraments? No. Through ordinances? No. Through Jesus Christ. And that's it. So, Heavenly Father, we want to lift up those on our prayer list tonight that are in need of salvation. Father God, we ask you to please, Lord, please work in them. Draw them to yourself. Make it, Lord, that uh, they are haunted by the notion of going to hell, and they come to you, and they ask you to save them. They have to ask, Lord. They have to come to you. And we pray, Lord, that you would open up that opportunity for them. Lord, that you would draw them in to yourself. They would see and hear the truth of the gospel. That, Lord, maybe uh, as they're listening to these lessons on the book of Revelation, Lord, that uh, it might literally scare the hell out of them. And Father, we pray that, that uh, you would just touch each one of them. Lord, bring them to yourself again, Lord, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on down to our sick list. All right, so uh, tonight we are praying uh, still for Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin uh, is uh, 89 years old, and uh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, he's my pastor's pastor, and he's also my friend, and um, he's, a, he's a really good man. And Pastor Martin has served in the pastoral ministry for over 50 years. Uh, at 89 years old, with heart condition, with uh, extremely poor vision, with extremely bad eczema, and a whole myriad of other health I- issues where uh, he is in constant discomfort, uh, this man goes out once a week and street preaches. At 89 years old, with all the health problems he has. That's a blessing. That's a man who loves the Lord and understands how important it is to get the message out. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin. We're also going to be praying for, uh, for Hezekiah. Uh, we got some great news today. Uh, uh, as you, if, if you've been listening, you know that Hezekiah um, had to go for a biopsy and praise the Lord. The biopsy came back today with, that it's not cancerous, uh, that it's just a, uh, it's, it's a tumor. And uh, but it's not cancer. And uh, I was talking with his dad, Hector, and and it seems like uh, it's it's very good possibility that tomorrow uh, he'll be getting the first surgery to repair uh, the portion of his face where they removed the uh, the tumor from. So we want to pray for Hezekiah today. We're also lifting up Jasmine Martinez. Uh, uh, Her mother-in-law, Sarah, has asked for prayer for her. And uh, she is in critical care in the hospital with lupus. So we want to lift up Jasmine Martinez. We're praying for Mary Perez, who has cancer. We're praying for my mom, who is, uh, once again, back in rehab uh, with uh, late-stage COPD. Uh, We're praying for her that uh, her therapy will go well enough where she'll be able to come home again. Uh, We're praying for my sister, Laura, uh, with a slipped disc in her back. We're praying for for, uh, Sister Bernice from our church. Uh, Bernice's cancer and uh, the new treatments she's going for right now uh, greatly affect her appetite. So we also want to pray that the Lord will increase her appetite. We're also praying for her mom, Laura, uh, who is uh, also fighting cancer. Uh, praying for Janae with an ongoing heart condition. Sharon Baldino with cancer. Martin Mata with lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Becky with cancer. 
uh, Brother Aldo with an infection that's healing really well, and we're thankful for that. And also for Daniel Sosetto, who was uh, released from the hospital recently and is home now with his family. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up all of those on our sick list to you today. Lord, we pray for Pastor Martin. We pray for his health. We lift him up to you today, and we ask you to bless him and give him strength to deal with his, his uh, health conditions. Lord, we lift up uh, little Hezekiah. Lord, we're thankful that there is no cancer in, in, from that biopsy, Lord, and we pray that uh, when he goes for the surgery to repair from where they removed it, Lord, we pray that uh, the surgeons will have all the skill that they need to, uh, to, uh, to, to uh, fix the, uh, the area that, the, that they removed it from. Lord, that we pray that there would be healing, that there wouldn't be any scars or anything long-term. And Lord, we just commit that to you and we thank you for it. Lord, we lift up Jasmine Martinez to you, Lord, uh, dealing with lupus. Lord, we pray for her. Lord, we ask you to touch her. Lord, if she doesn't know you as her Savior, Father, we just pray that uh, you would become very real to her today, Lord, and that she would call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Father, we pray for Mary Perez, who is uh, fighting cancer. We're praying for my mom, uh, with this late-stage COPD, and Lord, we pray that uh, that you would just touch her, and Lord, you would bring her some comfort and give her the strength that she needs to get through the rehab and so that she'll be able to come home soon. Lord, uh, Lord we pray for my sister Laura for her back pain. Lord, we pray for uh, Bernice with uh, cancer, and Lord, we pray that you would increase her, her appetite so she can uh, keep her strength up. Father, we pray for Laura uh, with cancer. Father, we lift up Janae uh, with her ongoing heart condition. Sharon Baldino fighting cancer, Lord. We pray for Martin Mata with lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Uh, Becky with cancer. Aldo for the infection that he's been fighting. And, of course, Lord, for Daniel Sosetto as he recovers. Father, we thank you so much for touching each one of them. Lord, we just ask you that you would bless them, give them each a measure of grace uh, to, uh, to handle the uh, matters that are before them, Lord, we ask you just to uh, just to be with them, bring comfort, Lord, and uh, we will thank you and we will bless you for it in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, uh, we're also praying for uh, my brother-in-law Jude and his business up in New York City. Uh, listen, folks, if you're in the New York City area and you need a good contractor to do some work for you. Uh, you could always reach out to me, and I will put you in contact with my brother-in-law. He does really good work, and uh, uh, I know he'd be happy to help you out. So uh, just email me, and I'll put you guys in contact. But uh, we're praying for Jude and for his business. We're praying for uh, a good brother in Christ, Federico Salinas. We're praying for Angel, uh, who is pregnant. We're praying for her husband, Alex, and for his job situation. Isabella, for her walk with the Lord, and Jessica, for her walk with the Lord. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for those on our general list. Lord, we just lift them up to you. We pray for Jude and his business. Lord, we pray that you would steer some work his way. Lord, we pray for Brother Salinas as, uh, as uh, Lord, he's a good brother in Christ, and I am so thankful for his friendship and for his fellowship. Lord, we just ask you to bless him in all his endeavors. Father, we pray for Angel and her pregnancy. We pray for her husband, Alex, for his job. And, Lord, for Isabella and Jessica as they, as they work to walk closer with you each and every day while they're away at school. Father, we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and then we have the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Those are the prayers that we just don't seem to have the words to describe the exact need, or it might be something a little bit too personal that uh, not everybody needs to know the details of it but we're confident that the Lord does, and he will answer according to his will. So we're lifting up Eduardo Rodriguez. We're, list, we're lifting up Larissa. We're lifting up Brother Hector. 
We're lifting up Manuel. We're lifting up Angela. And we are lifting myself as well for an unspoken need. Heavenly Father, for those unspoken prayers, Lord, we just ask you to please, Lord, just answer those prayers, not according to what we want, but according to what is good and right for us. Father, we just ask you to just to uh, bless us according to your perfect will for us in our lives, and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you can always email them to me at info at thesotspodcast.com, or you can head over to our website and go over to the contact section, use the web form, and send them over. Or if you are in the Spreaker chat room, you can always drop your prayer requests questions or comments in there as well. All right, moving on. Uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to take uh, our second break. Yep. We're going to take our second break, and that'll give you a chance to get your King James Bible. Maybe grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we will be getting into tonight's Bible study in Revelation chapter 9. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. If you're listening to us on a platform that allows five-star reviews, if you think we deserve it, hit that five-star review, and we would be very thankful for it. All right, we'll be right back after this. See you in a few minutes.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, folks. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, episode 87. Can you believe that? Episode 87. It just blows me away. It really does. Uh, imagine what it's going to be like when we get to episode 100. Lord willing. Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. So I hope you went and got your Bible. We're going to get into this right here, right now, in Revelation chapter 9, and beginning in verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded. So this is the fifth trumpet now. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. All right, now, we've commented on this several times before. Uh, you need to take note that this star, this particular star, is given a personality. It says, to him, a personal pronoun, him. All right, now going back to Revelation chapter 1, we find that a star can also be an angel. Now, this particular star has a key of the bottomless pit, and some people say that that's a contradiction, but it really isn't a contradiction at all. They say, well, how can it be a pit and how could it be bottomless? I mean, obviously, every pit has to have a bottom, right? How could it be a bottomless pit? Well, it isn't a contradiction. There can be such a thing as a bottomless pit, and this is kind of how the thing works. All right, now, so you have the earth, right? The earth has a crust. We know that. And I suppose the crust kind of varies from place to place in the thickness of it. Uh, you know, scientists are now convinced that the inside of this earth is perhaps uh, a molten core, uh, and who knows what else. And they say that down there, the temperature is somewhere around 11,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's pretty hot, don't you think? So if the Earth is a globe, it's kind of like the inside of a donut. You know, the inside of the Earth would be, would be a bottomless pit because, you know, the thing would be round. So as the Earth rotates, you're on the inside, 
and it has no bottoms, it's all sides. So you kind of just bang around in there as the earth rotates, if it's a globe. Try to imagine, uh, you know, when you, when you throw your clothes into a, into a dryer and the drum starts to spin and those articles of clothes kind of just bang back and forth, back and forth, up and down, all over the sides. They don't ever really just sit in any one spot. That's kind of what the picture here is. All right. Now, conversely, if you're on the exterior, on the surface of it, as the earth supposedly rotates around, what keeps you from falling off? Well, supposedly, the only thing that keeps you from falling is what they call gravity. Supposedly, gravity, gravity holds you on. But if it wasn't for this gravity, uh, you'd fall off the earth, supposedly. Now, you know, all the Lord would really have to do is just lift gravity for about five seconds, and uh, you know, they say that we'd all be flying off into outer space. I mean, that's a cheery thought, isn't it? <laughs> all right, so... Uh, you're supposedly held here by what Sir Isaac Newton allegedly discovered by throwing his apple up in the air, or I don't know, I don't remember, was it one fell um, from, fell off a tree, or some silly thing like that, and then he said, ah, that's gravity. It's actually density, but that's another topic for another time. All right, now, uh, there is no gravity in the bottomless pit, so you're kind of just banging around like these guys do, you know. Do you ever see the plane that the, um, that the astronauts... Uh, they go up in that uh, makes them weightless. I forget what the plane is called, uh, the, the whole process of it, but you know, uh, but you get into the center and it's bottomless, so uh, it's all sides, no bottom. So, this angel shows up with the key to this bottomless pit, all right. And verse two, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. Now, it doesn't say it is the smoke of a great furnace, it says as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, we have previews of that from time to time. You know, uh, just recently, uh, a volcano erupted on the uh, Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. It happened just around midnight on April 11th, and about six hours later, it had sent an ash cloud uh, up into the atmosphere and covered an area of uh, 41,700 square miles. And then it covered the ground with about three inches of ash and mud. You know what that was? That was the earth expelling a little bit of her smoke like unto a furnace. And that was just a preview. Now, did you know that as of February 23rd of 2023, so that's just a few months ago, uh, 47 volcanoes were in continuing eruption status with around 20 volcanoes actively erupting on any particular day. All right, now what if God took all of the active volcanoes and just blew them all at the same time? Think about that. Do you know that the, the smoke from, or first, of all, first of all, how many of you remember the Mount St. Helens eruption back in 1980? Did you know the smoke from that eruption went all the way around the world? You know, that stuff, that debris went all the way around the world. He opened the bottomless pit. So now how does he do that? I don't know. Maybe it's just a giant crack in the earth. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he does. No big deal. Amen. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, by the examples that we've used, it's not hard to understand. 
You know, it's, it's not hard to understand that or comprehend it at all. Now, this is really the wild part, all right? The next verse. This is wild. Verse 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. So we have some kind of, um, you know, what appears to be some kind of a, uh, a, a hellish, demonic creature that presently lives in the pit. It's confined in the pit by the crust of the earth. But in the tribulation, out they come. All right, let's go on. Verse 4, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. All right, so the tribulation saint has to have the seal of God, just like you have the seal of God if you're saved now. Only the, the seal that you have, the seal of God that you have, like I said earlier, is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. All right, so you've been sealed if you're saved. All right, now these folks have to have another seal, the seal of God in their forehead. Well, why is that? Well, to counter the seal of the beast, the mark of the beast that the earthlings have. All right? So, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Now, five isn't a surprise, because five is the number of death in scriptures. And yet these people won't die. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. So folks want to die. They, they beg to die, pray to die, can't die. Nothing's going to help them now. Nothing's going to help them. You know, they can't die. They're trying to die. They want to die, but they can't die. Verse 7, and the shapes of the locusts. All right, now this is weird. This is really weird. Okay, And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. Now, I, I, honestly, I cannot quite get the thing down in my mind. I don't know if this means that they're as big as a horse, and if that's the case, that's a pretty big locust. You know, some horses weigh up to 1,800 pounds, you know. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. So this is a really like strange, homogenous, weird, twilight zone creature. Amen? And they had hair as the hair of women. Well, that's, you know... You know the text over there where it says that a man shouldn't have hair like a woman? I think it's 1 Corinthians 11. That's the verse the brethren always use to tell a guy to go get a haircut, right? But me, whenever, whenever I would have those conversations, I would always use this one right here. I, I, I say that, you know, you know, in itself is reason enough for a man not to have hair like a woman. Amen? That in itself should, should be reason enough. Amen? Because a man with, with, with a woman's hair is kind of a hellish creature. 
Now, I didn't say a woman with woman's hair, right? I said a man with a woman's hair is a hellish creature. That's why, you know, a man walking around with long hair is kind of creepy to me. Now, you know, it doesn't bother you to see a woman with long hair, right? I mean, that's not creepy. But to me, a man with, a long, with long hair is creepy. You know why? Right out of the pit. That's why. All right? And they had, they had hair as the, as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. All right, now, so this king turns out to be the Antichrist. And uh, we'll get the details of that when we get to chapter 13, so I'm not going to blow the cover of that right now. You know, we'll just say that that's coming in chapter 13, this king. That's all I'm going to tell you for now anyway, okay? But uh, that turns out to be the Antichrist, which turns out to be Judas Iscariot incarnate. That's who it is, okay? I'll give you that. Now, if you can find it on your own, go find it. If not, I'll give you all the verses when we get to Revelation 13. You know, so I, I, I can't really, um, I don't want to go too far into it because we'll get off on a rabbit trail, and like I said, we'll cover it when we get to verse 13. Now, I, I can't really comment on all the descriptions of these creatures, okay? I, I just have to take it literally, verbatim, as is. You know, I don't try to spiritualize it. I don't try to symbolize it. God says it, and there it is. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't understand it all. I don't. I really don't. I can't completely imagine it, but you know what? There it is, right? I mean, there's a few comments that we could make that might be helpful to some degree. Um, Now, um, this thing has the sting of a scorpion, okay? And it has a tail, verse 10. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Now, a scorpion... A scorpion is native to the Mideast, you know, the Holy Land, with some species growing to about six inches in length. And their main weapon is a sting at the end of their tail. And in the Bible, they're used as a symbol of painful judgment. All right? And you can find that over in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 1 Kings chapter 12. And so these things have this, this hideous, awful sting. Now, again, whether they're the size of a horse, you know, it, it doesn't say it's the size of a horse. It says the shapes of the locust were like unto horses prepared unto battle. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're as big as horses. It just means they're shaped like a horse. And, uh, you know, they can only be a few inches. I I don't know. I, I just really don't know. But I do know this. There have been a multitude of horror movies that Hollywood has made that have dealt with the subject of the earth breaking open, you know, whether it be the mad scientist, you know, finds a plug and he pulls it and... Or, you know, whether it's the, a, a, a black hole at the North Pole or whether it's a giant crack as a result of an earthquake, right? Or whether it's, uh, you know, some kind of other natural or supernatural phenomena, you know, an explosion of an atomic bomb test in the South Pacific Islands that's opened up a huge crater and all of these creatures start crawling out, you know? There have been hundreds or thousands of really cheap paperback novels written and movies made, and mostly the B-type movies, you know what I'm talking about, you know? Um, you know, and they've, they've been, and they have been prepared on this particular theme. 
you know, some kind of a homogenized, amalgamated creature, you know, some kind of a really awful beast coming out of the center of the earth to torment men. So God is going to literally, literally turn hell loose on earth. I mean, literally, he's going to open up hell and let, let it completely loose on the earth. And I suppose that's for the benefit of all the folks that say that they believe that hell is, you know, whatever you go through on earth. Have you heard that? I've heard that many times. And I'm like, okay, pal, here you go. You know, we'll just turn hell loose on earth for a little while. You've heard that, you know, oh, I believe hell is just whatever it is that you have to go through on this earth. Okay. <laughs> okay. You see all these little sayings that men come up with to avoid the gospel, to avoid Jesus Christ? They're all going to come back to haunt them. Every single one of them is going to come back and literally haunt them. Sure makes you glad you're saved, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. All right, folks, we're going to take our last break of the night because I want to get through the, the rest of this study uh, uninterrupted, if possible. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Smash that five-star review, and uh, we will be right back after this. Don't you go away. People steal, they cheat and lie. For wealth and wine, it will buy.
not fame that I desire, no, nor stature in my brother's eyes. No. I pray it's said about my life that I live more to build your name than mine. Amen. That should be all of our prayer. For the Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello, and uh, man, that's a great song. That really is a great song. And then the House of Gold, uh, just prior to that, uh, two really great songs tonight. Really makes you think. Amen? Amen. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and if you are listening on the Spreaker app and you have an active Spreaker account, you can jump on into our chat room and say hello. It'd be good to see some fresh faces in there. Um, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. And uh, don't forget tomorrow, tomorrow, Friday, uh, the Three Pillars podcast uh, drops their latest episode. So don't forget to check them out on all of your major podcasting platforms. Uh, check them out preferably, though, on Good Pods. And uh, we'll be there, too. So hopefully we'll see you there as well to catch either uh, listen to this one more time or if you... Uh, didn't catch it live and you want to check it out there, check us out on Good Pod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major podcasting platforms. All right. In uh, Revelation chapter 9, so uh, we have these very unusual creatures that are coming out to torment men for five months. Now, you know, the Lord does some things in numbers of five that have to do with torment. Five, we said in your Bible, is a number of death, but it also has to do with torment. For example, uh, take your Bible and uh, turn over to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. All right, let's get a little water here. Isaiah chapter 66 and uh, verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. Now this is obviously situated in eternity future. Okay, this is beyond the tribulation. This is beyond the millennium. This is clear out in eternity. All right, now you see verse 22, uh, a new heavens and a new earth. All right, now I want you to notice that God, in that particular time frame, will require all flesh to come and worship before him, saith the Lord. Now, I'm not sure that includes you and I, because at that point, we won't be flesh, Right? If you're saved, you won't be flesh, but all the flesh that remains on the earth. So what God is going to do, he's going to set aside a time that they're going to go and look upon the carcasses of the men that transgressed against him. So in other words, they're going to look literally right into the lake of fire. They're going to look into hell and see that mess before, the, before they launch off into eternity. And God's going to put, you know, 
think of it, just one indelible imprint on them. All right, now this period of time seems to be a five-week period of time. Well, look at verse 23. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, okay, that's four weeks, right? That's 28 days. And from one Sabbath to another, that's seven more days. That's another week. So that's five weeks, amen? So God sends scorpion-like creatures to torment men for five months. You have a five-week period of time in eternity where flesh is observing other flesh going through excruciating torment. And I suppose the Lord uses that to get their attention. All right? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. You know, numbers in your Bible are a fascinating study. If you're mathematically inclined, you can have a lot of really interesting studies with numbers. I'm going to refrain from commenting on, on some of the particulars of the creatures, such as the crowns like gold and, uh, and, and all that, because honestly, it would just be guesswork on my part. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm really not sure what that's all about. Except that they have a crown, so that means they have some kind of a dom- domain, or some kind of a dominion, right? So every one of these evidently is given a domain, an area in which they torment. And their faces were as the faces of men. So there's some resemblance to men here. All right, that much is that much is pretty clear. And they have they have hair as the hair of women, and the teeth as the teeth of lions. All right. Now, if you look into mythology and you study some of the things uh, and some of the characters and and the artistry of of like the ancient Babylons, uh, ancient Babylonians, and the ancient Egyptians, the, the um, ancient Phoenicians, and so on you'll find replicas of many of the things described in the book of Revelation to some considerable detail. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, like, where do they have to get the idea for this kind of thing? But they did, thousands of years ago. Well, if these creatures live in hell, and the devil desires worship, then he puts his stuff out there, right? Doesn't he? And they worship him. It's kind of an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. All right, Revelation 9, verse 12. Now, um, like I suggested in verse 11, you know, we'll deal with a little bit more when we get to chapter 13, and uh, we'll show you a little bit more about that and who that king is. But in verse 12, uh, one woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. All right, so now you remember back in verse 13 of chapter 8, he said, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. All right, now he says, one woe is past. These demonic creatures out of hell are just one woe. Here comes another. Behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Now, keep in mind, here's the way the thing works. All right, you've got four trumpets. You have seven altogether, but the last three are connected with a woe. So in other words, what God is doing is, as you go through the thing, is, is he's basically turning up the heat. Now the last three woes are connected with those trumpets. So all he's doing is turning up the heat. Now if you're a Bible believer, you just cannot be an evolutionist. You, it's impossible, you can't. I mean, studying creation and, 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 and all that aside, you couldn't be an evolutionist because you know things aren't getting any better. Amen? You know they're not. All right, verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Now, 
We've already examined the golden altar, so we'll just carry on to verse 14. Saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So this voice comes up from the altar of incense because the prayers of the saints evidently have gone up to God asking him to avenge their blood. Remember that? Go back to chapter 6 and verse 9. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? All right, that's the question. Well, here it comes. Now in chapter 7 and verse 1, we saw four angels commanded to restrain. Here we see four angels, undoubtedly probably fallen angels, commanded to be released. Now the Euphrates has always been a notable place in your Bible, right? It flows from Eden, where history began, so it kind of makes sense that it's going to figure into the climax of history. And so four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. I don't know why, but they are. That's what it says. There's something, there, there is something to that thing, you know. Uh, and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Now, something, is diff- something different is going on here. Because that hellish, fiendish, demonic crowd that was just released on them in the first woe, didn't kill anybody for five months. Now, after being tormented for five months, they're set up for the kill. Now, here comes these angels that are prepared to slay a third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's 200 million, and I heard the number of them. Now, keep in mind now that, that... this is something different from the last bunch we talked about. And, th- and it has something to do with the Euphrates River. Verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire, and smoke, and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. All right, now, it's impossible to totally identify this crowd right here to try to figure out exactly who they are. If, If this is a totally supernatural army, or a natural army with some unusual characteristics or whatever, whatever in the world it is, it's really hard to say. All right? Now, there are some possibilities. Let's take your Bibles and go over to, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. Ezekiel, chapter 38. Now, Ezekiel 38 is definitely futuristic, okay? It hasn't happened yet. Uh, Ezekiel 38, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, th- this has long been identified, even as far back as Schofield and, and before him, as Russia. Meshech 
is another name for Moscow. Tubal is Tubalisk. There's another name for it now, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, verse 3, uh, And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshish and Tubal. All right, now, here's Russia, okay? Russia is not out of the picture. Now, what goes on here is this, verse 4, And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even, great, even a great company with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. And then here's Russia's allies in all this. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, that's Germany, and all his bands, the house of Togoma, that, that's Turkey, I think, uh, of the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee. All right, so what happens is they come down through northern Israel. As you follow the thing through, they come down and God wipes them out with a giant earthquake and so on and so forth. All right, and in uh, verse 21, and some of this lines up with what we've just been reading about, right? Uh, look at verse, th- verse 19. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. All right, and we get a little further into Revelation. We're going to read about a great earthquake. All right, now verse 21. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon many people that are with him, and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. All right, now that matches up with some of the trumpets we've been reading about, doesn't it? Now that's, you know, that's all falling down on Russia and, and her allies sometime during the tribulation. When they, when they take a look at Israel and they covet the wealth of Israel and they say, all right, let's go. All right, now the reason for that is uh, somewhere around the middle of the tribulation, you know, uh, up to this point, the Antichrist has been protecting Israel. And Israel's been prospering fairly well. So, you know, her valleys are green. Her fruited plains are looking good. You know, she's a source of food, economy, wealth, and, and so forth. And, and so these northern countries, which have been going through this mess, uh, you know, all about that time, say, all right, let's go down and get some. So down they come. God deals with them on the mountains of northern Judea in, in, in the way that we just read. And then the real tribulation starts for Israel. The real tribulation kicks off. Why? Because the Antichrist breaks his covenant midway through, you know, Daniel chapter 9. And then, he, and then she goes through 42 months, just like Job has 42 chapters of real tribulation. Now, notice in verse 4, though, this army is an army of horsemen, and they're clothed with all sorts of armor, with great company, buckler, and shield. Now, it's being described in Revelation chapter 9, you know, in this army, 
and these 200 million horsemen and breastplates of fire and jacinth, you know, I don't have a clue. I, I really don't. I, you know, I looked up jacinth in, in, um, in every resource that I have trying to figure out what exactly jacinth is. And um, I can only get two definitions. Only two definitions. One is a flower. And uh, some of the dictionaries put hyacinth. And uh, I think we all know what a hyacinth is, right? So, you know, it's a round, long flower. The other definition for adjacent is a precious stone. All right, now, so the thing evidently is this. And from what I can figure out, adjacent as a precious stone is probably purple, like a purple hyacinth. Now, this crowd showing up have breastplates of fire and of adjacent. Now, I would suspect that it has something to do with sorcery, witchcraft, you know, new world stuff, uh, new age kind of thing. You know, getting a bunch of soldiers hyped up that this stone, you know, is, is going to preserve them and, and keep them. And, uh, you, know, you know, I was studying something uh, the other day and, uh, you know, things are all starting to fall into place like I really never saw before, you know, but it never occurred to me. And I was reading about all these different countries, right? And the more I read, the more interested I got about it. And it was a pretty, it was pretty uh, telling, to be honest with you. Did you know that there are an incredible amount of Muslims in Russia all across that part of the world? You know, they're not just in Arab countries. You know, there's a phenomenal amount of them. And then, you know, as I was thought, thought about this, I was kick, kicking it around in my head. It clicked. It just clicked. You know, the real animosity and hatred against Israel has always been on the part of the Arab or the Muslim. You know, whether he's in Iraq or Iran, you know, these Muslims... These Muslims, the different sects of, of Islam might all hate each other, but they all hate Israel. You know, their sole motivation for living, well, some of them anyway, is to eradicate Israel. All right. Now, this army, whatever it is, whether it's Ezekiel 38 or Revelation 9, shows up on horseback. Did you know that one third of the world's horse population live in Russia? One-third. It's an amazing number, right? Now, in the United States, you know, there's a lot of horses in this country. I live in a place where there's pretty much a, a horse in everybody's backyard. You know, but one-third of them live in Russia. You know, in 1956, the United States gave up its uh, horse cavalry as a strategic loss. You know, basically, basically they said that, you know, it's, it's archaic. It, it doesn't belong in modern warfare. You know, the Russians, though, they... They didn't just continue the horse cavalry, but they've continued to propagate it. And uh, ever since World War II, they've been genetically engineering or trying to breed what they call a super horse, which is bred for one reason, war. It's a war horse. But uh, you know, the Russians have been developing that, and they've been working on that for all these years. So they have this incredible horse cavalry that you never hear anything about, but it's there, and it exists. And they have this phenomenal supply of horses. But, you know, I, I could never quite put the thing together, and then something hit me. The Muslims. There are millions and millions of them. And I think that's the ticket right there. And the thing never fit until I read that thing, and I got that perspective on it. Now, a lot of the commentators say that the 200 million fits because, you know, the Chinese boast that their active and reserve army, they have 200 million men ready to go to war at any time. Well... You know, God dries up the Euphrates River, and then here comes the Chinese, you know. But I'm not really sure that's it. 
I would look, you know, I would look more like in the days that lie ahead, I would, I would look more to see what's happening in the world of Islam. I would really watch that. Now, you know, several years ago, a guy wrote a book and said that the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist is going to come out of Islam. And, uh, you know, most of the commentators and fundamentalists, you know, they, they kind of booed the guy and, you know, they mocked him. And, you know, they said, everyone knows it's the Pope. But, you know, the longer you watch this thing develop and the more influence that you see they have. You know, 20 or 30 years ago, the amount of Muslim mosques in this country was so nominal that it wasn't even worth counting. Now there are thousands, thousands in this country. There are an incredible amount in, in England now. And their aim is to take over the world with their religious endeavors. And, of course, you know how fanatic they are because you know, they're willing to die for it. Which makes a lot of sense when you see that it could be the vehicle used for a lot of this stuff. Now, I believe the Pope plays a big part in all of this. And I'm not discounting him for a minute. But, uh, you know, a lot of the brethren say he's, in a, he's the Antichrist. Well, he might be. But, you know, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that the Pope is going to be the false prophet. And, you know, you kind of get that coming together. But um, anyway, you got this army of 200 million, wherever they come from. Ezekiel talks about it. Revelation talks about it. But they've got some very unusual weapons of warfare. They've got breastplates of fire and adjacent, you know, whatever that means, and brimstone, and the heads of horses, uh, and the heads of horses, and as it were, the, the teeth of lion, lions. And it would almost make you think that this is another supernatural army out of the pit of hell, like the first one we read about. But then again, it may not be, <laughs> you know. It may be some kind of a human influence instrumentality, you know, like with flamethrowers and so on and so forth. And all kinds of unusual, you know, uh, state-of-the-art weaponry could be being described here. So you say, you know, well, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, they're turned loose to slay the third part of men. All right, verse 18. By these three... Was the third part of men killed by, by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone? Now, how all that works is anybody's guess, all right, which, uh, inch, which, which issued out of their mouths. Could be supernatural, could not be. All right, verse 20. And the rest of these men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. All right, now notice the biggest problem, you know, when we come down to this point in the tribulation, is that men don't want to repent of the works of their hands. Well, what are the works of their hands? That they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and of brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. All right, so idolatry plays big in this thing. Works of the hands. You know, and people are willing to be fried. They're willing to be burned before they'll repent of the works of their hands. Idolatry. All right, now, that's why, you know, when a Roman Catholic says that they're not into idolatry, I don't believe it for a minute. You know, the system, the system is an idolatrous system, and it goes along with what's yet to come. The seeds are planted all over the world. Men are in tune to worshiping idols, idols of wood and stone. All right, and what's the forerunner for that? What's the prelude for idolatry? Well, before you get real excited about an idol of wood, 
you get excited about where the wood comes from. You worship the tree first. Then you worship the idol that comes from the tree. You know, you worship the stone first. Then you worship the idol that's carved from the stone. And that's where we are right now. It's all going in that direction. That's the way the thing is. Idolatry is really getting big, and it's getting bigger. All right, verse 21. Neither repented they of their murders. All right, so this crowd is a murdering crowd. Nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now, I would imagine, you know, that crime would greatly increase around this time because you've got the sun being darkened a third and the moon being darkened. Uh, so you've got everything being darkened because of the smoke of the furnace of the earth that we read about. So men are running around in more darkness than they are in light. They like darkness because their deeds are evil. And so you get that, you know, continual, perpetual dark atmosphere and the crime rate goes up, 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 up. People are just murdering folks, stealing and fornicating around. Why? Well, because darkness lends to that. Now, that's why God is always compared to light. You know, light and morality go together. Dark and immorality go together. You know, that's why police are busier at night than they are in the daytime, right? Now, this particular podcast, this sh- my show, myself, we don't usually refer to Greek and Hebrew, okay? But once in a while, you can do some interesting things with it. All right, and here's one. The word sorceries, all right? The Greek word for that is pharmakia. And of course, that's where we get our word pharmacy. And, you know, down at the pharmacy, you buy drugs. So it would stand to reason, you know, without changing anything, that sorceries and drugs are somehow related. Witchcraft. It's all related. That thing works that way. The same word pharmakia is translated witchcraft in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. And sorcerers in chapter 21, verse 8, and 22, verse 15, and uh, chapter 18, verse 23. Now, the fact that sorcerers use drugs and potions in their devilish deeds show the connection between these words. Now, in this, you know, new age, you know, this new world, new movement type of world that you and I live, and they're practicing more and more and more sorceries. You know, drugs just seem to kind of line up with the thing. And it all just dovetails together. So they didn't repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, uh, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So it doesn't really paint a pretty picture for things to come, does it? I guess, you know, all I can say is, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. And hopefully so can you. Hopefully so can you. Folks, that'll just about do it for Revelation chapter 9. I hope you had a blessing out of it. I hope you found it helpful. And I, I know I had a lot of I don't knows in there, but you know what? I'd rather be honest with you and tell you I don't know than try to spin something around in a circle and try to you know, make something out of it that just doesn't make sense or steer you the wrong way. I would rather say the I don't know. Now, folks, uh, again, I just want to say thank you so very much for tuning in today to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Why don't you head over to our website, uh, thesotspodcast.com. 
When you get over there, head over to our contact section. Send us over a message. And while you're there, why don't you look for that Support This Podcast button. And when you find that, if you could help us out with a monthly contribution, that would be great. If not, a one-time would be fine, too. Well, folks, until we see each other again on Thursday, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you and take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.